Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to The Auburn Express. War Eagle, War Report family. It's your boy, B-Wheel. It's Metric Mondays, but we're going to do it a little different. I'll let you know in a minute. Let's drop it on. You are you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report. Monday, October 16th, the Monday after we realized some things were amiss with the Auburn football program, but we'll get into it. Your boy, B-Wheel, the morning drop, war rapport. For everybody who's here, welcome. Go ahead and do what we need you to do. That is like this video. You're already here. Subscribe if you haven't. If you came to talk a little trash, an LSU fan or whatnot, that's cool. Just go ahead and subscribe while you're here. We don't mind that. And share it. Y'all know we need you to share it every time you come in here. It helps the conversation. It helps keep things moving. Now, your boy Ike Jones could not be present. He had some prior obligations, but that doesn't mean we can't have a very interesting conversation that we wanted to have. It's not a solo conversation. So Ike and I recorded it ahead of time so we could have it. And in the meantime, while you're watching us have this pre-recorded conversation, still fill the chat up with your questions and comments because I'm still going to get to them after the video is done. We're still going to get y'all this content, man. So, with that being said, let's get to it. Well, let's get into this conversation. Today, we are talking about who have been the top performers. Metric Monday. And we just want to look at some metrics regarding some of the top performers for Auburn. We're going to do it a little differently, though. We're going to go by position group. Okay. And I want to ask you, be will and I'll, I'll let you give a person, I'll give a person who we feel like has been the best performer in that position group. And maybe we could back it up with a few PFF stats if we want to and talk about how they've graded out. But let's talk about position groups and who the best performer has been. I will give you the option of, do you want to start offense? You want to start defense? Or is there a particular position group you want to start with first? What do you, how do you want to start the conversation? I mean, we came into the season thinking that the defensive backfield would be our strongest position group. So let's start there. All right, let's talk about DBs. Now, from the defensive backfields, we could break this up into two different ways, right? Like, we could go safeties and outside uh, guys. And, uh, you know, because the safeties and the star position are technically the same room. So, actually, let's let's do that. Let's do that. Right. Let's start with, I think, the I think everybody's obvious one. Well, actually, it's, diff- it's difficult when you go safety and star and you put those together. But still, let's say safety and star, who are you going to pick? And I'll just pick the other one. How about that? You pick one, I'm going to pick the other one because we. I think we're, we're going to agree on who these are. But let's start with the safety star room. Who is the best one? Uh, safety star room, it's got to be Sim. Sim yeah. is out there just terrorizing quarterbacks. He's been incredible in zone, reading the quarterback, knowing where the ball's going to go. So that means he studied up. And I think we all saw that the move from cornerback 
to safety was a good move for him. I don't know if any of us saw it being this good a move for him. Like he yeah. is squarely in Mobile at the end of the year for the Senior Bowl, and he's probably already played himself into the top, I'd say, four or five rounds for sure. And I think he's got a chance to keep excelling from there. So Semp yeah. is a, a slam lock, best defensive back on this team is Jalen Simpson. Yeah, I mean, listen, Simp has, what, four interceptions on the season. Mm -hmm. He really had his eye on a fifth one. Like, the ball hit him in his arm Mm -hmm. uh, when he jumped the route there at LSU. But he caused that interception. It would have been his fifth one right there. But he has been a menace on the back end. And without Jalen Simpson back there in that safety room, Mm -hmm. this is a completely different defense. Um, So, safety and star room, I'm going to go with the other guy. I think that's the obvious choice here now. If my guy hadn't gotten hurt, we'd have a debate about this at the star. But he is hurt. And even if he wasn't hurt, I don't know how much better he would have had to play to usurp one Donovan Kaufman. Yes. Yes, DK has been a terror out there. Now, uh, in coverage, he has had a couple of moments where you're like, ah, DK, we got to get. But as far as him being able to rush the pass or just causing havoc, Mm -hmm. his havoc ratings through the roof. The boys out here causing problems for offenses when he is out there on the field. You got to go with Donovan Kaufman, I think, in the safety star room as one. It's not really 1A and 1B, but still, because you got Simp, I wanted to give a different name out there so we could get somebody. Donovan Kaufman would be the guy. Yeah, those two are essential. DK is not only great rushing the passer, which we've had to do because we can't really get there with four. Ron Roberts has chosen different guys at different times, and DK is one of those that when he comes, he's usually getting there. On top of that, he plays the run really well. Yeah. He knows where to be. He knows how to knife through and, and get in the backfield, man. He's 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 a very good <laughs> defensive back. Glad we got him. And yeah, those two, I can say for sure. I don't know what this season would look like without those yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. Uh when DK right. was down um in, in um Texas with, with the repeated injuries he was having in that game, it showed that we just didn't have the right combination of guys out there to be able to continue to play defense the way that we needed to be able to. Yeah, All right. Let's stay on the defensive side of the ball then since we're there. And let's talk about, um, oh, we need to go to the cornerbacks. I did. So I did say we're going to go to the outside corners. So as far as the outside corner, now this is difficult because guys have been up and down. There's been a lot of rotations of guys, but who would you say is the best cornerback outside corner that's played this year? Man, it is rough because, of course, we would have assumed that DJ James was just going to be our lockdown corner over there. And what we found that they the offense has really put DJ James in a position where he had to tackle mm-hmm. early in the season. He was not really up for that challenge and it showed and it didn't show well as far as how he was graded out as well. But I thought he played a better game against LSU than he had played uh, the other times. Well, you know what? Let me not say that without looking at the tape because I don't know who all these big passing plays were on. Honestly, they were they picking were on Kay and Leah quite a bit in that game, unfortunately. And then yeah. Nehemiah Pritchett was getting picked on a little bit. They didn't go to uh, DJ a lot. Yeah. Okay. So that, that bears out then because he actually had a pretty decent grade over there um, for the LSU game. But DJ James, again, tackling has been an issue for him. But it's hard to look at any other cornerback, just straight up cornerback, and say, well, hey, you're the guy because K and Lee is physical as he is and as good a cover guy as I think he is, he's also looked green out there, mm-hmm. getting picked on a bit, as you said, at LSU. But also, um, well, he's gotten maybe like one PI. I don't know. if he, he's, he's an aggressive guy. He's an aggressive guy, strong guy. So he's, he's being physical with the wide receivers. Right. But uh, I don't know that his experience says so far, it's not enough to say, hey, you've been balling now. He looks what he is, a very talented young guy. I think the best cornerback who's been there, who's been able to be on the field, is probably still DJ James, just straight up yeah. cornerback. We don't I have can't, a I can't disagree right with you. Despite what I feel about his ability to tackle, um, he has been probably the best outside cover guy that's been out there consistently on the field. Yeah. Um, and I like the the young guy Lee out there. I like what I've seen from JD when he's had his opportunities out there as a boundary corner. Um, I think that Nehemiah has 
you know, he's working his way back from injury, but I don't need, I, I, his snap count to me wouldn't put him in a position where I think he's able to even be in this conversation fairly. Right. Um, so I'm not going to even go in a different direction. If I was going to take a second person, I'd actually, I don't even see like JD hasn't really had enough snap counts either. I'd have to go with right. Lee just on number of snaps. So I, I think I'm just going to stick with you on DJ on that one and not even try to introduce an additional person to that. We'll yeah. go with DJ James as the best cornerback on the team. I'm with it. I'm with it. All right, let's go with the next one here, and let's talk about the linebacker position. And this one, I think, is a little rough as well. But who do you feel like has played the most admirably at linebacker so far this season? I think this is a pretty obvious answer, too. Obviously, Eugene Asante. He has balled. Um, He he may have a little bit of of work to do in the coverage area, Mm. but he is a heat-seeking missile when it comes to playing the run and getting after the quarterback. He's been a very good tackler for us as well, a consistent tackler for us. He has been our best linebacker, hands down. Yeah. The only other person that could even be in this conversation is Larry Nixon. I don't think any of the other linebackers on this team, um, number one, are getting a lot of snaps, which shows kind of the trust that the coaching staff has in them. And then when they've gotten in the game, they have not performed to the level of either of those two guys. But yes, I think that Eugene Asante and I think that PFF backs that up has been the best linebacker for this team consistently throughout. And, And even with some of the things that I know he needs to work on, he's not great at. He's what when what he's really good at he is amazing at right when that when he puts his foot in the ground and he goes and gets after it the way he closes distances crazy there there was a play in the lsu game indeed he didn't even get the tackle but they were running the jet sweep and i think they ended up getting a holding call on this play they were running a jet sweep or it was either the quarterback i can't remember and i you know i haven't had a chance to do my film review yet but Eugene Asante shot the gap so fast. He missed the tackle mm-hmm. because really great footwork. But the quickness in which he got to the backfield to make sure that that play continued to string out, which is what he was supposed to do, he was supposed to shoot that gap. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, this dude, yeah. he's a freaking missile, man. When yeah. he's making his mind up, it's time to go, he's there. Yeah, he is. And he Incredible is there in a hurry, man. I am I am impressed with that young man. I can't go any other direction than Eugene Asante. Yes. Yeah, with you on that one. All right. Uh, last group we have here, uh, and I guess we could break it up D-line with interior D-line versus Jack linebacker um, if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to go defensive line as a whole. I'm going to group those yeah. two together just because I don't know that there's going to be anybody from that Jack linebacker group that's even really, I mean, no disrespect to the guys of the Jack linebacker group that's really stood out where you can say, okay, yeah, this guy is hands down dominant. So we're just going to go whole defensive line. And I don't think I'm going to disagree with you on the answer, but I I will ask you who your answer is on this one. Marcus Harris. Absolutely. Play like a man possessed against Georgia. He's a very good run defender um, penetration to get pressure on the quarterback is not something that he's excellent at, which very few players are when they're playing from the interior, but I can already see the checks that are going to come his way when he's playing on Sundays, because you play the run like that with that type of effort, you're going to be playing on Sundays. And I think he's on his way there. Yeah. Marcus Harris has been a uh, revelation there on the interior defensive line. Always been somebody who I feel like is good at getting penetration in the interior uh, defensive line, but he's been more of a sure tackler this year. So when he's getting there, he's getting to the ball carrier, I think at a higher rate this season than I've seen him do um, prior to this. And Marcus Harris has definitely elevated his game this season. Very admirable job from one Marcus Harris this season. For sure. All right, that's the defensive side of the role. Let's get over to the side of that. Let's be honest, <laughs> it hasn't been pretty. But there have right. been some bright spots. Let's yeah. be clear. I, I don't ascribe to this narrative that Auburn doesn't have talent on offense. Right. I think that there are talented young men on this offense that could play on any team mm-hmm. in the country. Yep. And I think the names that we're going to put forth here – have played admirably enough that they they some of them I think you could move and say hey that dude could start Saturday anywhere right yeah. like there's very few people I think are going to beat this person out for blah 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 all right I'm going to leave the best slash worst for last okay we can have so 
<laughs> let's let's start with um let's start with the tight end group. Okay. Who's been the best tight end for this team? And this is honestly this is a difficult one because I don't think the tight ends have had a lot of opportunities to catch passes. I mean, Rivaldo Fairweather is easily leading in the number of receptions from that tight end group and targets right. from that tight end group. Um I don't know though. I think that if you're looking at number of catches per target, there are some guys like Frazier, I think only has like three targets this year and he caught all three of them. Right. Uh, well, I take that back. I can't, who was it? Tyler Fromm that got missed in that um, Texas A&M game with the yes. overthrow. Yes. Okay. So yeah, wrong. I think the only time Frazier's got the ball thrown to him, he caught it. Um, so, you know, Maybe you could go there from a blocking standpoint. I think it's been Mike O'Reilly pretty easily that's been the best blocker because I don't think Rivaldo Fairweather has been particularly good blocking this season. Yeah. I don't think Leak Deal has been particularly good blocking this season. Yeah. Um, Tyler Fromm's not a great blocker. Frazier's a decent blocker. Um, so it's this one's a little bit more difficult, but who would you select as our tight end standout so far? Um, it's hard to use the word standout because we yeah. haven't really had a a great difference. And that's disappointing for me from a group that I think is probably one of the more talented top to bottom rooms yeah. that they have not stood out a little bit more, but continue. Yeah. But the numbers say they, they confirm what we saw this past week in the LSU that Brandon Frazier is our best overall performing tight end by his run blocking grade. He's got actually the best run blocking grade, excuse me, um, Mike Riley Ducker has the best run blocking grade, but overall blocking grade, Brandon Frazier has the best one. Mm. And he also grades out highest on pass targets so as far as his pass, his role in the passing offense. Now, I'm, I imagine that's probably weighted by what we saw at LSU and Correct. the fact that so few of the tight ends get targets, even um, even Rivaldo Fairweather. He doesn't get a lot of targets. I mean, right. early, it's kind of slower. They'll try to target him a little bit, but haven't been able to connect when he does get targets and also his run blocking grade is really low. So I'm going to go by what I've seen. And honestly, Frazier catching the passes that he caught in this last game, it looks like he that was a really good, maybe a coming out party for him. Maybe they found something they can do with it. Maybe he has a better connection with Robbie Ashford than he does with Peyton Thorne. And, and that's part of that as well. But yeah. um, I would like to see more Michael Riley Ducker. I really I would, would. Just to, again, I, listen, I want to see. I am a big fan of Mike O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just say that. Listen, there, there, there are certain players who, you know, I just put out there, and I'm like, listen, I like what I see from this young man. Mm-hmm. I said that about Keontae Scott when I first saw him play. I'm gonna say that now about Mike O'Reilly. Yeah. I've said that about Jeremiah Wright. I like the, the tenacity in which he played. And this, this is not Mike is not going to be my pick here. But just as just an aside, okay. I like the tenacity that I like. He brings a different energy. Like how last year when we saw Jeremiah Wright come in the game and you saw him be super physical, you're like, why isn't this dude playing more? Right, right. That's the kind of energy I see from Michael Riley when he gets out there, man. When he gets in the game, he comes out there ready to play football. I like it when I see him go out there. I, mean, I, I want them to put the ball in his hands more often and give him, oh, man, just throw, throw him a bone every now and then, man. Let, get, let him catch it and see if he brings that same kind of energy to running somebody over in the open field. I right. want to see that. Right. I like to see offensive linemen that bully people. I like to see tight ends that enjoy blocking and have good hands. I don't I, yeah. I really don't care if you're the fastest tight end in the world. Can you catch the ball? And when you do catch the ball, is it tough to bring you down? Yeah. I, that's, and then in the run game, that's why, listen, okay, listen, we know I'm a Niners fan. Come on. I was waiting that's, for it. Come on. That's why I like George Kittle, man. Yeah. George Kittle is tenacious. He's going to go out there and he's going to flatten somebody in the, and enjoys doing it. He does. He enjoys blocking in the run he's game. And then you put him out there as a pass catcher. He's going to embarrass some people every now and then. It's going to be tough to tackle in the open field. He's going to be decent in his route running. That's what I like at the tight end position. Micah Riley has that in him, in my opinion. Yeah, I've seen it a little bit from the little bit that he's played. 
Frazier has more of the ideal body type for a tight end. And we heard we heard about Frazier. I want to say it was 2021 when the new staff first got here. They were like, hey, this Frazier kid yeah. is good. Talking about how he has the ideal body type. For some reason, he couldn't get those snaps yeah. to do anything. So now we're seeing him on the field. He's great now, fairly decent. I, I would say, you know, we, we've questioned coaching enough <laughs> over the last couple of days, but if I got a guy I saw in Brandon Frazier and I got a guy in Michael Riley Ducker who hasn't played himself out of rotation, he hadn't really gotten into the rotation, fair weather, we know he's an elite athlete, but he has some trouble blocking and a little bit, maybe some trouble catching. Why not go with the guys who maybe have a higher floor? A tight end position. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, listen, I, I could throw Rivaldo out there just because I think that he's played really well um, in his opportunities to like, let's see, we don't win the Cal game if Rivaldo isn't amazing oh, for at sure. the back shoulder. No, he was right. necessary. He was necessary. Yeah. Um, and he's made some other amazing catches this season where you're just like, yo, please throw this guy the ball more often. But I think we haven't put him in optimal position. I'm not mad at Brendan Frazier. I'll throw Rivaldo on there, though, as an aside as well. Okay. okay. Um, all right, let's go to the offensive line and talk about who's been the best performer there, in our all opinion. Right. All right, so, I mean, we we... we don't get to eyeball the offensive line quite like we do skill position players because, mm-hmm. of course, that's just how the, the game goes and how it looks going from a side profile view. However, I think it's been fairly consistent that Cam Stutz has been a good offensive line for us. He's been a yeah. good, consistent offensive line player. Um, when he went down one game, I can't remember which game it was he went down. Oh, I can't remember which one it was because he was questionable to, I think, traveling... It wasn't too. It was. Either, it was, t- it was yeah, it was either Texas A and M or the Cal game. One of those two games he yeah. got hurt because it was a road game. Yeah, yeah. It was it was A and M for sure because I remember they were wondering if he was going to get off the get on the plane or not. But uh, the coaches had the most to say about missing him and his mm-hmm. potential potentially not being out there. They they talked early about maybe they they thought they had something as Avion Miller. He has not been a great addition to that rotation. Yeah. Uh, initially, it was Britton on the right. Dylan Wade on the left, Avery Jones at center. One one guard was going to be Jeremiah Wright, and the other guard was going to be Cam Stutz. And that quickly got changed. They liked something that Xavier Miller had, but it hadn't worked out on the field because they're right yeah. tackle. He's getting he's getting abused a bit out there. So Cam Stutz at guard though has been consistent. Yeah, they moved Britton over and took right off the field, but Cam Stutz has been consistently there at guard. So I think he's probably our most consistent and our best offensive line player. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, Gunnar Britton's probably the only other person you could you, you could bring into this conversation because let's be clear, as much as I, I was hyping him up in the preseason, I haven't liked what I've seen from Avery Jones on a consistent basis as far as uh, he's had some false starts at center for us, some snap infraction type of stuff. Um, he's had some high snaps, low snaps. I mean, he snapped the ball over, um, well, before Peyton Thorne was even ready into the face mask right. of right. uh, Jarquez Hunter during the, on a third play of the game or second yeah. play, whatever it was of the game here in LSU. Um, yeah, he's he struggled. He struggled this season and he's needed. He needs to calm down a little bit there. Dylan Wade has been OK, not bad, not great. Um, he's had a couple of holding penalties that have cost us in a couple yeah. of spots more like specifically in this past game. He had one on a Peyton Thorne scramble that would have gone for a first down mm-hmm. um, that I feel like was a little unnecessary. So offensive line has been uneven. I think it's still been an improvement, which is crazy to say over right. last season early. Right. But the most consistent performer, I will agree with you, Cam Studs. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is going to be, I think, Listen, if Mike G were here, we wouldn't even have to have this conversation. But just for the sake of we, we, we're doing it, wide receiver. Okay. You know what? He called it. Yeah. We got a chance to talk to this man at the fireside before the season started. And it's been Jay Fair. Yeah. Far and away has been the best wide receiver for us. I, I assume that it's because he's where Peyton Thorne expects him to be. Peyton Thorne, who's done the, the bulk of the passing for us at quarterback. But Jay Fair is usually open. He gets open, and he's pretty good after the catch as well. Got some crazy quick speed is what he has. So he's been able to find himself open more than our other wide receivers have. Um, I'd say on on a regular, more regular basis. It's not like yeah. we don't have anybody else who's gotten open. But, yeah, consistently, when he gets the ball thrown his way, he makes a play. He makes the catch. Jay Fair's been our best wide receiver, hands down. 
for sure. Yeah, no no debate from me there. We can just move on to the next group, which you'll be yeah. running back. Um, this one's difficult, in, in my opinion, because I think my answer would be different had everybody been healthy and played every game this season. That's a good point. Um, but I think the obvious answer to this, and you can disagree with me, is Brian Batsy has been the best running back on this team so far as far as consistent performance. Um, has he had a bad game? I don't think so. If he's had a he hasn't had a bad game. His worst game was the first game um, where he wasn't, he wasn't picking up quite the same yardage between the tackles that he ended up picking up later as the season went on. Yeah, I'm just, listen, yeah. power five performances. Brian Batsy has been the best player on the field from the running back position. Yeah. Um, he's had the most receptions out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's been a guy that has been a good pickup for this team. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, with Jarquez Hunter, being out to start the season and then being hampered in the last couple of games with some foot problems that he's had, he hasn't looked like the potential thousand yard back that everybody thought he was going to be coming into the season. Damari yeah. Austin has been injured for the last couple of games, got injured during the Texas A&M game. Before that, he had the issue at Cal with the fumble slash concussed situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do think that Damari would have been up there in that conversation had he still been out there and been healthy because he, when he was in the game, he was cooking, right? Yeah. Like, so Damari Austin would have been in this conversation, I think, had injury not kept him out of the last couple of games. But I think you got to give that to Batty. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's it's kind of hard to say that coming into this year, what we expected from Jarquez Hunter. But right. missing the first game definitely seemed to have affected him because he didn't look like himself when he started at Cal. And then he finally, he started to look like himself at Texas A&M. I thought that's when he's like, okay, this is, this is the guy again, but he had a critical drop. And was that the Texas A&M game? Georgia Georgia. game. Georgia game. Even when he's run well, he still has run well, but some of the dysfunction on offense and them not really working and staying with what's working, I think is affecting him too. And I can't even really be mad at the coaches for swapping them out because again, Brian Batty, has been excellent when he's got his touches. So uh, it's crazy because we had this dynamic between Tank and Jarquez last year because Tank's number one, Jarquez is number two, and everybody says, oh, look, it's great when Jarquez gets in the game. He's better. Because now Jarquez is number one. He's usually the first running back on the field. He's getting touches before the other running backs, but it doesn't quite look the same, to your point, when Jarquez, when you're the number one. You're the guy. Ready for you. Yeah, they're angling for you. They they have a read on what you do and your tendencies. And Batty has been excellent for us between the tackles receiving. He hasn't had a drop that was a catchable ball. I think, yeah, he's probably been our best running yeah. back so far. All right. Um, I, we can't have an honest conversation about the last position here at quarterback because I don't think that any other quarterback has had enough opportunities. So you have to put Peyton Thorne here by default, I think, just as far as number of snaps. Um, But that would, if you ask me which quarterback has played the best this season, that would not be my answer. Right, right, of course. I mean, um, you, can't, you can't say that. Yeah, so I, I almost just don't even want to put a name there. And, and that sounds terrible to say, but listen, it, I'm just I'm being honest and people can be upset at me for, for for being honest if they want to. But I'll put his name there because I need to fill in the blank. All right. Now, in the last five minutes of this conversation, let's go back through this list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve 10, 11, 12 players, really 11 because I put Gunnar Britton on here just. But let's let's just say it's 12 um, and talk about where these guys came from, right? So, listen, the quarterback position hasn't been good. That's a Hugh Freeze guy. Right. Brian Batty is a caddy slash Hugh Freeze guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cam Stutz. Gus. Elder Statesman. Gus guy. Right? Um. I don't even know who would have been the offensive. Who was the offensive line coach back then? I don't even know the answer to that question. Uh, who was the offensive line coach in 2018 when he got in here? I don't even know, bro. I don't yeah, even remember. Somebody, somebody in the chat. Wait, will, will, I think JB Grimes had come back by then. It might, might be Grimes, yeah. So, like I yeah. said, somebody in the chat will get us right on that one. Okay, bro. Um, tight end position. If we're going with Brendan Frazier on this one. What year did he come in? I was about to say, is that another Gus guy? Was he that? Was he that early? 
he's still here. So let me see, 23, 22, 21 is when I first remember hearing his name, but that doesn't mean he wasn't here already. Let's, let's look that up. We can just look it up. We don't have to guess it. Um, roster here. Uh, let's look Frazier, up Frazier. Auburn tight end recruit year. He is a senior. So he got here in 2020 as a freshman. That would yeah. have been Gus. Gus. There we go. Um, and then if we're, again, if we're saying Rivaldo, then you got a Hugh Freeze guy there. Right. Which is, you know, he's, he's been getting definitely the most opportunities, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jay Fair, Harson. Yeah. Group for Harson. Uh, Simp, Gus. Gus. Slash, who would have been the DB coach that time around? Was that Crime Dog at the time? I believe it might have been crime when he first got here. So we had another secondary coach, Marcus Woodson, who was back there. I think that's a crime. It's a coach crime. DK. Yeah, that was uh, Derek Mason, the Harson. Slash Harson, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Eugene Asante. Harson slash Schmetting. Yeah. Slash Christian Robinson. I don't know exactly who was... Who uh, spearheaded that effort, but that's a true. That's true. C. Rob was here then, because that's 2022 when he came in. Was when last year his first year? Yeah, here, yes. Because we were hearing about him in the off season, we thought he was going to help out replace Zacoby McClain. <sighs> I still don't understand how he didn't get playing time last year. I, I, st- I still, I still, um, Marcus Harris. That's another Harson guy. Harson, yep. Uh, who would have been? Would he have been? Oh, Nick Eason. Yeah, he was, he was a good recruiter. And then DJ James. That's yeah. another Harson slash um, Zach Etheridge guy. Zach Etheridge, yep. So, of the contributors, and we're talking about these 12 guys, Hugh Freeze, two of them, Rivaldo and Gunnar Britton, and then... I mean, gosh. Oh, Brian Batty. So we got mm-hmm. Brian Batty, mm-hmm. Gunnar Britton, Rivaldo Fairweather, yeah. and then Peyton Thorne. Like, he's, he's he's worth negative points right now. What I'm getting at here is a lot of the talent that I feel like has contributed to this team. And if we want to go really point for point of like we can go beyond the top contributors and really expand this conversation to all of the people who I think have contributed uh, vastly to this team. And some of the near misses that we talked about with mm-hmm. Keontae Scott, if he hadn't been hurt, if you oh, want to yeah, talk oh. about um, uh, Damari Alston, if he hadn't been hurt, if you want to mm-hmm. talk about the defensive line, Jason Jones getting a lot of snaps in there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to talk about, the 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 DBs right. You're talking about as far as the guys that they're trusting to play snaps. All of the back end guys have been here already, other than K and Lee. Right. Every last one of those other guys, guys that have been here already. The offensive line. We just talked about how those guys have been kind of shaky. The newer guys, the most consistent guy that's on that line, guy that's been here already from the wide receiver room. The guys that are performing out there in the wide receiver room. You got Jay Fair. VAR, if he wouldn't have been hurt, probably would have been the next name off of your list right, right there. As right. far as guys that you trust out there to be able to do something, it's looking as if Cam Brown might be rounding into form after he played this game, which, again, I don't know why they went away from him. Right. You're just going to rattle off a list of people who have been here already that have contributed the most to this team so far. If you look at the biggest disappointment list – you're going to see a bunch of transfers that came in this season. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't. We we had high hopes for Hooks, and mm-hmm. he definitely doesn't seem to have, have found Hooks, his groove. Shorter. Mardner. Yeah. Um, that wide receiver room has been miss, miss, miss as far as productivity has been concerned. Yeah. Um. Again, we can talk about the quarterback position. I think that's a miss. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um. Offensive line, I do think that that was an improvement. Yeah, I think the I, we've gotten better. better. Listen, I don't, I don't, 
there was there was nobody left though. Like who who else was right. going to be here that would have been a holdover besides Jeremiah Wright? Jeremiah Wright, Tate Johnson, right? Like those are the only two guys that I could think of that right. really would have been even in contention. EJ Harris, excuse me. I don't want to leave out right. EJ Harris. Right. But okay, from tight end room, Rivaldo, but again, that's kind of, we kind of just kind of gave you that. Right. Brandon Frazier probably Brandon Frazier's probably the best performer there. Mike O'Reilly already on the roster before this season, right? right. So um, Luke Deal getting a lot of snaps already out now. Luke Deal, I think, has not really played up to the standard of what you would want so far. But still, I just, again, you could let, rattle off the names in the defensive backfield room. Um, I feel as if so far we've, we, we've, I think we've underestimated the talent that was already on this team. And the guys that we've brought in haven't shown that they are going to pan out so far. Six games through the season, we're at the we're exactly at the halfway point of the season, and through six games, the vast majority of the contribution to you know a three and three season is not as if we're world beaters out here, right? Right. Has been guys that have already been here, and those are the guys the coaches have seen to trust the most, and the guys I think that have disappointed the most have been the newest guys that people thought were going to revolutionize this locker room and take us to the next level. It's a little disappointing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's disappointing to say the least. And you know what? Um, we we know that Harson's recruiting effort wasn't sufficient to compete in this league. But when he said, let's go get that guy, however little he actually uh, secured that guy or offered these guys, they seem to have hit yeah. on these guys. I think he he's a he's a solid talent evaluator, right? Now, whether he's great at the development of that talent or whether he's great at the, you know, utilization of that talent, different question. Right. Um, but because listen, again, the same Harson team that couldn't win a football game, they put that in somebody else's hands and they looked like a completely different team for four games at the end right. of last season. So right. it so clearly wasn't the issue of the talent. It was the issue of putting guys in the right position to be able to, to go out there and effectively win football games. So right. I feel like we might be suffering from that same sort of thing right now. Yeah. It's not that we don't have talent. It's not that people can't evaluate talent. We probably aren't putting guys in the premium position to be able to do what they need to do. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. That's something that has... It's been a problem here at Auburn because of the dearth of quality, quality talent and experience at some very, very key position groups. Offensive line, quarterback, wide receiver. Those have looked like, what are we doing? Can somebody please? Yeah. And then we 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 fortunately have a Jay Fair to give us something there. But other than Jay Fair, who's been the one consistent player who's also hasn't been injured. That, that's yeah. a key indicator here. He's the one consistent player on offense who has been injured. I'm with you. Damari Austin, I think he would have been a strongest contributor every game. And um, I, I think he would have made the difference for us in the running back room. But we still have had talent in the running back room. So he's not necessary in the running back room for us to be productive. Right. But this year has looked like, what are we going to do with this mix of guys? You think he's got a skill set? Was it going to work? No. Jair Shorter led... Uh, definitely his conference in yards per reception last year. He was the he deep ball guy. Led the nation, bro. Like I don't, I, yeah. don't quote me on that. But he definitely, you know. And then he had it was like a, all he did was catch touchdowns on top of that. So it's like, right, crazy. We can't even, we can't even get. He him can't a see quality the quality target. Yeah. So the question is now of is Hugh Freeze and staff using this talent? Are they using this talent correctly? The results on the field would say no. Yeah. Not just, again, we talked about this on Sunday, not just because we have lost the last three games against very good talent and very good teams, but how we've lost these games. Right. Georgia was the best effort. It was at home, on the road at Texas A&M, on the road at LSU. Both have been abysmal efforts on by the, road the offenses. Cow. On the road, Cal, uh, an abysmal offensive output. We're, we see a pattern here. The pieces that Hugh Freeze has bought in, has brought in, have not come together. He has not put those pieces together effectively yet, and we can't muster even a decent offensive game if we're not in Jordan-Hare Stadium. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, a lot of work left to be done, but hopefully, again, we can see some of this talent start to progress. All right, we're going to get to the break, and we're going to get to the comments that you guys have. I'm going to let B-Will pilot that. 
Um, but I appreciate you guys dropping in with us. Drop. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Drop! Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Drop! So, we're going to get into your comments over here. So y'all talking it up. Ah. Going back to the early part of the conversation, we were talking about the defensive backs and JB, along with many other people. Simp. Simp's been balling. Simp's a baller. Corey making the observation, Scott will probably be pushing Simp. If production, Sims production, if he was healthy, I think the defensive backfield would have been crazy, ridiculous good if Keontae Scott was healthy too. We have a couple of injuries that really may have affected the outcome of a game. Uh, that's kind of hard to say. The offense has been so bad on our two away games in SEC play. I doubt it makes a difference there, but Georgia, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Simp doesn't go down. Keontae Scott back there patrolling as well. Another experienced DB to bracket. Bowers, never know what might happen. JB coming back saying, we need to play fair with attached and down the seams. He's not fast enough to play outside the numbers. That's a pretty good observation. The reason I think that's a really good observation is because Hugh Freeze likes these big wide receivers, right? He likes these big wide receivers. He doesn't have the big wide receiver with the ball skills, that he wants. So he says, hey, Fairweather, you're a big dude. Why don't you go down there and be a big wide receiver? But I'm with you. I don't think he's a big wide receiver skill guy. He's a tight end. He's built like a tight end. He needs to be playing more traditional tight end uh, role and routes. He was trying to do, make something out of, I don't want to say out of nothing. He's trying, he's got the guy playing outside wide receiver simply because of his size. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the best, best way to use him. Um, talking about offensive linemen, DMAC10 says D Wade or Cam Stutz. I think they've been the most consistent ones. Also, shout out to Britt. I think we mentioned it, but Gunnar Britt's been a good offensive lineman, excuse me, not offensive lineman, not, uh, not defensive lineman. He's been good as well. That uh, either, well, I think you could flip a coin between either one of the three of them. D Wade did have a couple of holds in critical positions. I think I saw y'all talk about this in the chat as well, though. All of these guys. They're all coming from G5. This is a learning experience for them as well, including Avery Jones at center. So we haven't been overwhelmed by how great the quality of offensive line play. It has been better, though. There have been times where Thorne has had a clean pocket and he just missed the throws anyway. So it's been an improvement. I think if we remember what we looked like last season, like snap the ball and then all of a sudden your quarterback is under pressure immediately. It's been an improvement. But they're working through it. You know, proud of those guys. Uh, Corey asking, we talk about offensive line. Have we seen the last of two tall starting at right tackle? Yeah, it wasn't great. It was not great. It was not great over there. I don't know what the solution is. <laughs> um, you would think they might go back to Britain at right, put two tall inside. I think they actually started him in camp when we were hearing about him. He was playing inside the guard. I'm not sure if they'll stay there. I don't, I, I don't know or if, if they'll take him off the field completely, but he hasn't been great at, at guard, that's for sure. Uh, Philip Hall asking, what's up with Hunter? This is not the same dude from last year. I think he's behind the eight ball a little bit as far as when he started, what he is expected to do, the effect he expected to have on the offense, and he hasn't had it. He came back trying to find it, trying to force it. Probably wasn't great to try to force it. And now he's splitting carries with other capable backs, man. Look, we don't have a bad back in our rotation or really in our room. So he was going to have to play well. And I think he's found a little bit of it. It's just that the quarterback play has been kind of sandbagging the whole offense and wide receiver play as well. But how can you, if you're not going to focus as a philosophy, if you're not going to focus on the run game as your strength, but kind of what Caddy did last year, and I'm not even saying it has to be to that extent, but this is clearly what we're good at. They've tried the passing game. They've stopped successful running drives to try and pass and set our offense back. Offensive line gets holds uh, or, or false starts on, on plays where they know they're going to have to pass, block some excellent athletes across the line from them. It hasn't been good, man. So some of that may be affecting Jarquez as well. If Jarquez gets five more rushes a game, 
more intentional part of the game plan. Maybe it looks a little different. Who knows? JB in here. Unfortunately, Sean doesn't have any packages like Cobb, Betty, or Hunter. I actually, I'm, I'm with you, and I'm with all y'all who said this. Sean Jackson had looked nothing but good when he got in the game. He didn't look any worse than the other backs that got in the game. If you're going to say, hey, he doesn't have this experience, if I want somebody back there, whether in pass pro or or getting handoffs <laughs> from a, especially a dual threat quarterback like Robbie Ashford, can you imagine having to choose between lightning going that way or a battering ram coming directly at you? And you got to make that decision. I think Sean Jackson would be excellent in this run game. I can't really argue with, of course, Baptiste snaps. We we talked about it. He's been the best back, but uh, I'm I, I don't know why you don't find some snaps for him because you were willing to find snaps for Damari and make it a three man rotation. Why not keep it a three man rotation? Get Sean Jackson in there, man. Uh, who else we got over here? I see Corey saying Frazier was actually recruited by the OC from Arkansas. Guys, name yeah. So he's uh, Chad Morris, the guy who. Did nothing for us, but, you know, after looking back at that 2020 season, I wonder how much of that was Gus and and, and trying to put a, a square peg in a, in a round hole because, I don't know, Gus didn't change his ways. <laughs> he didn't change his ways, so a lot of our talent looked out of place and looked unproductive while Gus was here. Scotty off script coming in to join us, man. You coming in here trying to poke fun at us? Hey, listen, we aren't having a good time right now, Scotty. We, we are not in competition with you. We are not in competition with each other. If you're going to come in here, be, be a, a help, not a hurt. All right? We know it's looking bad. We know we look bad. We know we got embarrassed twice a season. And even in the game we won at Cal, that was embarrassing as well. We didn't need your reminder. Appreciate you coming in and showing. You said you told us that Hooks was not it. You may have said that. And after we got the commitment from Hooks, I reviewed some tape. He wasn't thrilled about what he saw on tape from Hook. So Hook is Hooks is still a, a product in development, and we haven't been doing anything between the quarterback and, and the offensive game plans to help develop wide receivers. You weren't going to get better playing here. We've we've seen several first year players here play worse, like we talked about, because the offense just haven't getting it. Uh, JB, fellas, it's funny how most guys from last year are creating the most production. Just saying. I, I mean, I, th- I think it is what it is. You Freeze seemed very determined to turn the roster over, and I'm not even saying that he was wrong. I think the talent that we lost in the last year was talent that was underwhelming or wasn't going to help us on the field. So I don't disagree with that. All right? Who are you going to focus on, though? He's Hugh Freeze seemed determined to pivot away from guys without giving them a shot. And I think that's been Ike's biggest gripe. My biggest gripe is if you're going to say no not you, then you need to be sure that you're pivoting away from players that cannot help you. Don't don't pivot away from players that still have something to offer that could be the best guy at their position. Because, I mean, he pretty much said, and unfortunately, I called it in spring, he's going to go get somebody else. It wasn't because we didn't think Robbie Ashford could ball or because Holden Gerner had no shot to be a quality starter. It's because Hugh Freeze seemed pretty determined to get his idea of what a guy should be physically, um, uh, I guess, leadership and all that stuff. But now here we are, 6-6, six and six, looking terrible in SEC play. It's like, all right, well, you got your guy on short notice. Granted, not a full recruiting cycle, but they hadn't paid dividends. Did you give the guys here a good look? And I don't know, man. I just, I'm, I'm concerned that he didn't. JB coming back. Hooks could have been our Sammy Coates, but we don't know how to use him. Uh, I think I think Sammy Coates blocked better than Hooks. I think Hooks's issue has been effort um, on routes, on blocking. That's what's missing. He wants to try to get open, but he hadn't always been in the right spot when it when it comes to that. I, I don't think I don't think we can sell Hooks as a Sammy Coates yet. He he's a better probably a better pass catcher. The Sammy Coates, but everything else that needs to be done, I, I have not seen it. <laughs> Haley, <laughs> Haley talking about because we were having this conversation about who, what coach got what and where we at. We're back to square one, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. 
um, pretty much <laughs> we're pretty much back to square one. Um, yeah, yeah, there we are. Prince Major, the fan base will come alive if Robbie starts because we know he's going to give it his all. This, you know what? This is what we saw in Robbie last year. People were so worried about the the completion percentage and whether or not he was going to be a proficient passer. Because in this day and age of offense, you want to see a guy who can sling it all over the field, right? Okay. We the, Even the fan base understood that. That's why you get excited, excited about the Hugh Freeze hire, because he is going to put together an offense that can sling it all across the field. Granted, he didn't have his guys yet, so I can kind of understand why it hadn't looked like that. But the thing is, if you're not going to compete for that championship, if you're not going to have the stellar wide receivers that you want, according to him, as he talks about getting the talent in here and complaining about the wide receivers for most of the season, why not just move the ball and win us some games? Just move the ball and win us some games. They were willing to do that last year. And when they did that, you saw Robbie Ashford play with an intensity, with a passion that I have not seen from Peyton Thorne this year. Robbie Ashford, they they knew they didn't have anything to play for by the time Caddy took over. Okay. I mean, they theoretically could have gotten to a bowl game, but they knew that the season was not a success based on what had happened already. And gutting it out, playing through that injury and with that injury and laying it all on the line, man, and was productive doing so. People are so worried about completion percentage. I want wins. I want yardage. We can't even get yardage. Forget passing yardage. We hit a, I think, that wasn't a season low of yardage against LSU, against the worst defense in the conference. That was our lowest rushing total, if I'm not mistaken. I had to double back and check that out. We aren't even getting yards. So if we want high-flying offense and passing yards, yeah, we aren't even getting yards. You can't tell me that Robbie Ashford can't get yards. You make an offense that makes sense for him. Can he get yards? I already saw him get yards in conference play, in conference games last season. And he had to go through the fire to get those yards. Give him a shot. That's why we thought high ceiling with him. But you know what? I'm not the coach. (laughs) I am not the coach. (laughs) We are not coaches. Hugh Freeze is planning for... Hugh Freeze is planning for the future. He's trying to install his offense. He's trying to make it exactly how it needs to work for his offense to succeed going forward. I understand why he's doing what he's doing, but it's not working, man. Last one, Alex Thigpen saying we need to just run the ball. I feel Coach Hugh Freeze tried to pull a saving since we've been begging for a passing game, and all we did was pass versus LSU, and it sucked. Yeah, uh, I mean, you you have to do what's going to put you in a position to win. LSU's pass defense is bad enough to where it makes sense to go after their pass defense. Absolutely it does. However, if you can't pass the balls in offense— you need to do what works. LSU has given up plenty on the ground as well. They, we couldn't do anything against them. That's why it was so bad. So I don't know if you freeze pivots and plan. We're going to have the presser here in about just over an hour. We're going to be listening to that. We're going to react to that uh, tomorrow, but we're going to get that up posted on the channel today. And hopefully we see a change of philosophy so far because six games into the season, it has not worked. But thank y'all. Thank y'all for coming through and spending time with your boy, B-Will. I know we went a little long today. We wanted to go ahead and talk about that. It was a good uh, conversation to have, so we wanted to go ahead and have it. We'll be back at y'all tomorrow morning to react to Coach Hugh Freeze's presser. But until then, y'all, peace. Drop! Drop!